do over here we go yes oh okay, what was that what are we doing go on go on go on it sounds like something you find in your penis oh god i got my feet in cement i got my head in the clouds you might call me demented but i Ladies, we are back. This is Eat This Hot Show. I'm the lesbian Madge Weinstein here with my co-hosts, DeJour or Deanum uh, or Anima. Uh, I have Deborah Wilkerson McCain and Reagan Fox. Yes. We are so excited to be back. We are we are on hiatus from Eat This. What is it called? Pod Save the Queens. So we Pod th- Save the Queens. So we thought uh, we would do Eat This Hot Show for a while and we're just going to sow our oats. And um, and I'm going to hand it off to Debbie. She's going to sort of moderate this first show, and I just want to. Well, yeah. we should say welcome. that we extended an invitation because in the early days mm-hmm. of Eat This Hot Show, around 15 years ago, when the biggest girls, both in terms of mass and popularity, mm-hmm. came together to make Eat This Hot Show, it was me. It was Wanda Wisdom. It was Richard Bluestein, and it was these uh, Richard two potatoes from a show called. Richard Bluestein. Oh, oh, sorry. Madge Wines. Do over. <laughs> Do over. Girdle spillover. But we all came together, but then we had a big falling out, and it it made for very compelling entertainment. People took sides. It was mm-hmm. it was the Marvel Captain America Civil War of queer podcasting. It was the original but, WandaVision. It was it the was, original drama, to be mm-hmm. honest, on the internet. That was like a big drama thing. I think if it happened today, somebody would make a drama video about it and make about $15 million. Mm-hmm. I, and, and our luck would be we wouldn't have seen a dime from it. Other people <laughs> would have profited from our drama. But we want you to know that uh, we invited Wanda back. Madge sent her an email. We love Wanda. Uh, we invited her back in whatever capacity she would like. And she was so gracious in her response and said, I would love to come back sometime in the future. And so there's no, well, there's no weirdness. There is one sort of caveat, which is that I did tell her to come back. She has to gain the weight back because we need fat Wanda. We need yeah. fat Wanda. I bigger agree. girl Wanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need a bigger Chicken, girl. Skinny, chicky boobies. Mm-hmm. You know, she looks good, but I like plump Wanda. Right. I do like plump Wanda. I must tell the truth. Right. Me too. Yeah. So I'm going to eat her portions and I'm going to try to her get abortions. to that size. Her, Honey, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like you have been eating her portion. I have been eating a little bit. I have been eating a little bit. I've deep fried everything now. It's deep fried diet. And I feel like it's the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Mm-hmm. You, you know that's just around the corner, right? Because when I heard what the keto diet was, that it's like, just eat a bunch of hamburgers and meat. <laughs> Nothing else. No vegetables. Just Wait. all meat. And so there's going to be the fried food diet. At well, yeah, you fry everything in almond flour. You know, when I was doing the keto and I got really thin, and I was just like, you're going to die. You're going to drop dead of a heart attack. And I was like, no, honey, I'm deep frying everything in almond flour. And I was doing really good. Well, Tampon Tammy was on the keto diet and then she killed herself. Well, you know, so, well, well, da, 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 I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it does make you depressed. Top it that. does make you depressed, though. That is true. Jesus Christ, I have a sound effect for that. <laughs> um, and, and I can't find it. Oh, da, da, da. yeah, hold on. Where is it? Should that be under? Oh, you know what? It, it's too late. It's too late. Miranda told me that I'd have fun. Didn't. <laughs> it kind of wongs. Yeah, I wanted to do dun-dun-dun, but I don't know where it is. It's a great sound effect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so are we ready to start? I mean, so yeah, basically, I think we ready. should explain to the girls who we are, just for the ones that are just joining. Would y'all like to do that real fast? Sure. Okay, so Madge, would you like to tell the girls who you are? No. My ma- no. name is Madge Weinstein. I'm a lesbian with food allergies. I started doing my program, Yeast Radio, which is currently in between seasons, because we have seasons now. I didn't used to have seasons, but I started having seasons because I realized that all these wonderful professional podcast turds who have producers and 17-year-old slaves to do all the work so they can say, play that clip, Dan. They have seasons, so I thought I would have seasons, which means I get to have a break. Anyway, yeastradio.com. I'm a lesbian. I was one of the first uh, podcasters. I, I started a whole lot of shit, and I get no credit for it. And um, But I'm still doing it. I'm still here. I'm still here like Ellen Stritch used to sing. I'm still here, and I'm exactly. old. Next. Reagan. Uh, my name is Reagan Fox, and I'm a professor at Cal State Long Beach, and I have absurdly long hair and pigtails right now. I'm a 44-year-old non-practicing bottom, or as I like to call it, a nomosexual, mm. because I have nomosex. <laughs> and if any of you are interested tops and you're aggressive <laughs> and you like to shake your bottom and go, shut up, just shut up. And then throw them down on the bed and have your way. Do sex on them. I'm your gal. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's my inside? What's this? <laughs> I think I would add to that, because I was telling the girls the other day, I said, Reagan is wonderful slam poetry. Like, I do think you're really good at that. But so maybe rename it Slam Bottom. Would that be a proper? I love that. Although, <laughs> I have to tell you, we play, Debbie and I are addicted to gaming, and we game on Twitch and stuff, and we have a whole community that we play with, and they're a lot of fun. We played with this one guy named Booster, and he has come up with a name for a particular type of bottom who smokes pot all the time, <laughs> and he what? calls them potholes. And I love it. I love it. Um, it sounds smelly though, because like you know, it, I don't know. It, that's good. I thought you were gonna it's say potum. I think a potum. Potum. Nice. Oh, a potum is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, no, really a potum could be a younger bottom, maybe like mid twenties. You know, that's just getting there and it hasn't mm. been messed up yet. You know. Well, you know what they're and calling the. Who? You know what they're calling the chubby bottoms now? Hippopotamus. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't like that at all. It's not very fat positive. <laughs> 
it's not yeah you're right it's not trans fat um it also obviously i am a 68 year old premier granny gamer and i don't just game i game on my twitch and also have my youtube channel that i'm sure some of you girls might know Uh, and um and that's what i do church of deborah i just do my little videos and uh yeah that's a full-time job so that's but now i'm gonna say that i started i i got turned on to deborah a long time ago when of course she was a fan of my show for years but i didn't hear from her until she started doing her own shows and then she would do these crazy prank phone calls and i think the first one i heard that really made me uh, made my basement flooded was when you called uh, some steak knife company where they sell the steak knives and you were uh, mrs garrett from the facts of lives and you were trying to order the different steak knives for your girls for tootie natalie and blair hence the constant references for the girls the school for girls there's a whole lexicon, gentle audience, and there you really need to to listen to it and check out our old podcasts and uh, and learn. There's a there's a there's a rabbit hole to dig for. And you know, I am so happy that "grum" is a word that you created mm-hmm. with Cheryl, right? And uh, yeah, and so I've got to give her some right. prompts there with right. that. But right. other girls that do shows now call them grums and i think that's such a beautiful thing and i hope you get some type of royalties like reagan does i noticed that yeah it's also by the way no i'm, I'm not going to go there never mind i don't want to <laughs> so, be too tangential so could we slide into some topics are y'all ready to slide into, into some topics absolutely I would love an appetizer and a moose bouche. Mm-hmm. All right. So first topic, why I think abortion should be mandate. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> so I would like to discuss some of these states. Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, and obviously Texas have uh, lifted their mask mandates, ladies. Wait, Iowa, and I too? Like, yeah, I Iowa, just, too. Wait, did that just happen it's, today? So no, no, this was all at the same time, basically. And what's what's kind of sad is I feel like Texas is getting like the biggest, you know, boost in the media about it, and obviously Mississippi. But I do want to throw in Iowa and Montana also are doing this, in my opinion, a horrible, horrible, horrible death sentence to their people. But I would like to get y'all's y'all's ideas and what you think about this. Well, I think it's a death sentence. It's murder. It, it is. It, it's awful. It, it's mm. so incommensurable with the data that's coming out of these states. Of course, Texas is getting a lot of coverage because Texas is the third largest state in the United States. It ranks 48th of all 50 states in vaccinations. It has the, currently the fifth highest death rate per capita from COVID-19, and it's ninth in newly reported cases of COVID-19 as of Wednesday. And it blows my mind that Abbott is opening up the state without these restrictions. I mean, I get it. Look, if you want to open up the state because you want to help the economy, fine. But you have to make people wear masks. These are not mutually exclusive positions. And if you ask me, he's doing it because he is trying to draw attention away from the power grid failure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sure, and the thing is that he he uses that that buzzword personal responsibility, which is that sort of theme that Republicans use as and the idea is that, you know, personal responsibility 
is that you don't need to have a mandate because people are going to be responsible for themselves, that they're going to. But the problem with the personal responsibility issue is it affects other people. So my lack of personal responsibility kills other people. And that's I mean, it's just here's what I don't understand. This is my question for you, ladies. Why can't Biden override that? Can't we have a national mask mandate that overrides what dumb, dumb governor does? So, so he, is, he already put one in place, but that only affects federal lands yeah. and federal okay. buildings. So we in, in the United States, we have this big separation between federal government and state government. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to tread on that separation. Okay, but hold on. So you're saying he doesn't want to, not that it's not constitutional. I don't think he can. It'll be held up. Yeah, I think it'll be held up in courts, if I'm mm. not mistaken, basically, right? So yeah. even if he decides to try to say he has power to do that, since it's like a national quote, he put it under like national emergency. So like how Trump yeah. is trying to put the wall under that. But I think it's just going to be held up in courts. And then at that time, which this is what Abbott and the Republicans want, they want to be able to have that as a boogeyman to sort of chip at the democratic party right now you know that's like the new the the new thing is is federal law trying to take over the state rights Uh all of a sudden you know texas cared more about miss mona's whorehouse than the pandemic (laughs) and it drives me crazy after what happened with the power grid failure the people of texas should be running abbott and patrick out of the state they should be they should be storming the capitol and being like and those two bitches that left they better learn to sell pussy in Iceland because if I ever see them again, I'm gonna cut their fucking throats. That's what I. That's what I would say. And that that, that, that Dan Patrick is just the worst. He's the one who came on all of those television shows, not not sperming, right. but you know, he came on all those television shows and said that we should sacrifice the elderly. We should sacrifice the Deborah Wilkerson's and the Madge Weinstein's because they would be happy to sacrifice themselves for the economy well speak for yourself but then that's the theme that bring branches us off to and i don't get too far on a tangent to another governor of a different party over in new york and this is the theme that i've noticed about this idea that you can just sacrifice old people and the point is related to his scandal i I don't know if that's a hot topic but the whole what, what what this is what shocks the shit out of me and I can't fucking get over it is I feel like the reaction to the sex scandal is 10 times bigger than the reaction to the nursing home scandal. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, totally. the idea of totally. the nursing home scandal really, it's like, and to me what it says is you are a non-productive manner, member of society. You don't matter. But if you're going to die but, anyway, but who matters? Women that are CEOs, women that are in power positions, they are not being their rights aren't being respected. They're being fondled or whatever, kissed when they don't want to. That is more important because these are valid economic economy producing members of society. Old people, fuck them, go to the nursing home. You know, and I will say. And a lot of times I don't agree with my twin sister, McCain, but I do think it's I'm glad she has been harping that on the view and trying to really yeah, push that issue, because I think it is kind of I mean, to be honest, if I can say it's kind of fucked up, like, you know, that was we're able to sweep that under the rug. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving on to which I think it's totally fine to bring this to the table. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, he shouldn't be doing any of that shit, but. This should be a main, this is like people that won't have grandmother or their grandfathers around. I mean, any of them, right. if you put somebody in a home, they're just, it's, it just fuck them. I mean, no, it should right. not be excused. He should be charged for th- that. And then his bullying behind his tactics where he told the guy like he basically 
ruin him if he went public with it and all. It's just disgusting. And it shows that this country is all about power. That was actually a grinder message. And the exact quote, you're taking it out of context, just like a liberal would do. The actual message was, I will ruin your hole. I will come over there if you host. You'll wreck it. I will bend you over and I will wreck that hole. Mm. I seen that movie. I seen that Did movie. Mm-hmm. There's like 20 <laughs> different. It's, I think, Treasure Island, Wreck My Hole, Whore, something like that. It's John really, Cody presents. But they're Quabba. not that wrecked. And by the way, in porno movies, nobody does cum shots right. I should have stayed in that business. They don't know how to do it. It's like pull uh, out and then jack off for 20 minutes and then you jizz three drops on their stomach. That's not a cum shot. Ask Jeffrey Tubin. I think he would know. Okay. <laughs> Was that get me kicked off YouTube to talk about that? No, no, this isn't monetized. You're fine. Oh, it's right. only when you try to make... But see, they will run... What's funny is, so they will run ads on all the videos now. So oh, even good. though you can't make no as money off it. As long as I don't make it, money off it, I'm okay. <laughs> They're going to make some yeah. money off that cum shot. Can I say... Madge, you are perpetually in a prison of not making any money out of your art. You are Sisyphus rolling <laughs> your rock uh, But you hill. know, I think you could if you contact when you were on the Sirius XM or wait, the... No, it was before the XM. Whatever it was before the Sirius. Maybe there's some type of royalty deal you could get. You AM know, radio? Under the, <laughs> I'm going to take over Rush Limbaugh's know. spot. <laughs> What's our next hot topic? I'm uh, done with this. Meal. All right. So, okay. So, this is a little light, but... um, Not like your weight. <laughs> what the fuck is that? So... <laughs> you have to explain it. Remember, we have an audio audience, so explain what you see. So, doing. what I am showing everybody and what the girls at the YouTube can see is Amazon revamped their UI and their icons on their mobile devices uh, a couple weeks back. And was they chose the app icon on the left, which is a cardboard box, right, with a smiley uh, face on it, right, right? You know, like one always has. Mm-hmm. And... They got a lot of backlash, especially on the social media. From, I'm not say so, so. Oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. What did you say, Madge? Back rolls. Back rolls. Girl, look how orange you fucking look, girl. <laughs> and yeah. so social media went insane. You would have thought. These people were about to vote for Medicare for all. But anyway, so the the biggest trend on Twitter was Amazon's Hitler app icon, which forced <laughs> uh, there was tweets to cancel. No, what? not to cancel. Wait, wait, not to cancel Amazon because uh, one, they treat their workers like shit. Um, two, they are union busting companies that it's fucking horrible. Um, not free health care, but not not that. Let's cancel <laughs> Amazon because they lost Debbie's PS5. Um, not to cancel Amazon for any of that stuff, but to cancel because apparently this icon to the left, which shows the little squiggly tape line, is Hitler and his mustache. <laughs> and so Amazon rushed overnight. Now, this is what I thought was funny. They rushed overnight to fix this because they didn't want to get canceled, which shows the updated icon. Which, they even made the tape smaller and not so it would not look like a mustache. They said, why don't we take the corner of the tape and fold it up? And so they folded the tape up. And then what was funny, which is just kind of weird, somehow... 
you didn't even have to update the app. It just pushed to the iOS devices and the Android. So overnight, somehow they're able to get into the phone to change the Oh, great. Icon. So the NSA had to hack it because they... I don't know want, what they uh, had to do to do this uh, oh without an update, but there was not a forced update to change the icon on my phone. They and used, so now they used everybody's like a secret, fine. A secret, uh, what do you call it, vulnerability to upload this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So... Everything can everybody can rest fine. Biden should have never backed the union mm. that wants to start with Amazon because it's all fine now. Right. They're not doing the Hitler mustache. Deborah, I that's clearly not a Hitler mustache on the box. See the stain? That's for me. A squirting. I mean, listen. Squirting. I I and this pulls in, and, and when, um, I hope we can pull this in, obviously, to the the true cancel of the week, which I have a hard time keeping up. And Wait, when I say this, I don't talk want... About, I want to comment on this before you comment. move on. Yeah, I have a video to show. Because the I thing is, I first of all, I have relatives, great aunts, great uncles who... I never met because they were killed in gas chambers and it never and I have this app I, I it never in a million years occurred to me that was Hitler so first of all that's insane second of all are you sure this isn't just some onion thing this really happened no this, this who the really fuck would happened. see Hitler and then of course the biggest point is what you already mentioned like how on earth the distraction the like there's some thing that happened into our, in our collective brains that makes us get upset about stupid things and take action against stupid things instead of things that matter and that's what I can't fucking figure out I think you're completely wrong I think that this is virtuous outrage no I'm kidding uh it's not Hitler, it's a cardboard box. It reminds me of another controversy that's happening right now with Mr. Potato Head, where they're just making potato Mr. Head. Potato Head Potato Head because you could take the potato and make it male or female based on the things that you plug into the potato, right? And so all of these people online are like, no, this is biology. Biology is male or female. It's a fucking potato, okay? Right. Can it's you... A, it, and there's no gender. Deborah, can and you play is- my? Can you pull up my my JPEG from the holder for the potato, please? Yes. I didn't realize we were going to talk about it, but it's appropriate because yes, there was do. a similar controversy. The Republicans were very upset about Mr. Potato Head, so they posted something about that. Which I'm not sure how long I can vamp on before Deborah pulls up the image. Oh, it's up. Oh yeah. Conservatives demand Mr. Potato Head retain his giant, veiny potato dick. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Because people think it's non-gendered potato. It's not. It has a huge cock, and it's veiny, and it's thick. Oh, my God. And please don't. What is that thing you called me when I did it on the Queen show? You're like, what am I doing? I'm exoticizing Mr. Potato Head because he's brown. No, he has a huge cock. It's not. I didn't make it up. He has a huge cock. And it continues to grow. Oh, really? Oh, because yeah. of the eyes? The well, eyes? I'm, I'm outraged yeah. that Mr. Potato Head doesn't give head. It, it, we need it to be a flesh potato, like a fleshlight that sucks deep. Okay, so... But the best, the a- best headline was, Mr. Congratulations, Mr. Potato Head is now non-gender. You still don't have health care. That was my favorite. You know... Exactly. Don't y'all feel sometimes that maybe there is like... If you want... Okay, now this is... Da, 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 conspiracy music okay but sometimes i wonder if the which we know the republicans have done this and i'm not saying that democrats could not be in on this too sometimes but do you think that there is some 
some advertising company or something out there that sits in a think tank and is like, we need to create fake outrage that'll be that'll pull, you know, the media this way. So when we're busting unions for Amazon, Amazon comes out with their think tank and says, why don't you push this out on social media? We'll, you know, play outrage with this Hitler mustache. And so the news is taken off, especially like this week with Biden backing the Amazon union. And it sort of just pulls off of that. No, no, no. I think think it's just dumb America. I think systems (laughs) there. I think systems are or. People are composed of that make up systems, just like our brains are made out of little little cells, and our body is made out of cells, and it creates well, an amazing organism. So the shit shit like this just works. I, I mean, if you have proof, it could be a conspiracy, but you got to have proof. I don't know. It yeah, becomes right. a story. The story is how stupid it is that people are outraged about it. So I want to show mm-hmm. this video that. Uh, it is fascinating that to me is there can you see the, my screen now no i see your face oh yeah. and i well, see hitler the again. worst thing to look oh, there, there we, we go, go. Yeah, we we're see good. okay so here we go this reminds me people this is like a rorschach test i've been saying that a lot over the last couple of weeks but people see what they want to see and it's more a reflection of what's going on in the, in their demented souls Look at your M closely. There's a gap right here in the letter M. It's never connected. So you go into Hebrew. The letter Vav is also the number six. Short top, long tail. Short top, long tail. You could have here in Hebrew 666 on the can. But my interest is the word monster. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. What has Christ got to do with an energy drink, let alone the name monster? So I thought, well, maybe this is a Christian company then. BFC at the bottom of the can. Do you know what that stands for? That's the F word. Big can. What? Where did the F word come from? On the side of the can. So I know that's the F word. Wait, she lost me. Where I don't know what a milf is. What? What This can't be real. And you will too. This is not a Christian company at all. It's not Christian. Cross on the can. Here's the message. Antichrist. 666 in Hebrew. And then the Bible talks about the beast in Revelation. And look at monsters. It's doing too much. This is more than Reagan students would do. I got to tell you, what upsets me most about that is this this horrible haired. Shiksa is telling me about Hebrew letters, <laughs> honey. You do not. You are don't even imply the fact that you understand Hebrew because you are not a member of my tribe. No way. No I, way. She, she would have been really. Go ahead, Deb. Just go ahead. She's falling out. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for QAnon, I would say, oh, whatever. That's fake. Never, never mind. Just go but ahead. No, right? there, there, there are people who are clearly invested. I like her. I, and she has this whole rant. And you're going to look at that can and see every 
possible. We were talking about queering mm. when we do Pod Save the Queens. You know, we're, what we do is we queer, and yeah. then I think people Satanify. You know, they, <laughs> She's they, Satanizing. They're looking for Satan. They're looking for the symbols. Yeah. They're looking, yeah. and, and we do this with Hitler yeah. too. I'm, I'm just kind of making this connection right, now. Right, right. Yeah, anybody who disagrees with you politically is Hitler. And to me, the funniest part is when super conservative nationalists claim that people on the left, like AOC or Hitler, I'm like, do you don't understand? Like, no, that fascism is a movement of the right, not of right. the left, but it, it doesn't, or Karen. Well, I, I've talked about Karenoffs, yeah, where you have that. everybody calling each other Karen right now. You are going to project Karenism onto right. anything that disagrees. Do, do you guys with- know what uh, backmasking is? Do you know what that is? No. So backmasking is, it was popular in the late 70s, early 80s. And I, I learned to be a DJ. We had a very advanced, like, high school DJ thing. So, and our teacher taught us about backmasking. And it's basically these, these crazy ladies would go around and play um, rock music backwards and show you there were satanic messages in them. Like, oh, yeah, if Stairway to Heaven would be like, I want to be Satan. I sound, sounded like some other people, but like you play all these, all these, um, all these songs backwards and you can make them sound like whatever you want to, which is satanizing. Okay, so that does make sense. <clears throat> um, so the people that do the audio ghost thing, so they go into a house and they'll put the recorder right, and then they hear something. But then what they do is when they play it back, they tell you what it's going to say. So yeah. like, okay, so oh, let's no, say, real. oh, I'm going to play this, and a ghost is going to say, you know, Dirty Jana, right? And so mm-hmm. here I'm, here I'm going to play this clip. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God! It said "Dirty Jana." It said "Dirty Jana." The ghost said "Dirty Jana," and then everybody cannot unhear it because it's just okay. But then, since since you brought that up, then I need you to play another uh, screenshot that I put in the holder. Uh, And I don't. I don't know if yeah, it's a tweet. I don't know if this was real or not. uh, But there was a tweet. This is so rich. It looked serious to me. Are you able to pull it up, Debbie? So which one? I've got a tweet that you put out about this is so rich. Some people who told me not to criticize Biden. No, not that one. Okay. So the cousin? <laughs> no. No. That's the only one she is got in Is there a JPEG? Here. Oh, I no. didn't do it. No, Darn. No, no. Oh, well. Sorry. I think you're <laughs> overreacting, Miss Crawford. And I think oh, you're no. underreacting, Mrs. Chadwick. So since we're talking about outrage and finding things did we want to lead go ahead and lead into um dr seuss did y'all girls want to talk about that yet? let me just I, read my so, tweet first because i'm sorry yeah. it's so funny and then you can do the seuss the cat i have a tweet from okay. you about so, Biden. so this person tweeted her name is luminary wings stop masturbating to spiritual people if you don't have consent we can see you feel you and our guides will also tell us your name and then she added it was a two-part tweet honestly just ask the person you want to masturbate to if you can you might be surprised who says yes and if you can't contact that person and ask then you definitely have no right or place to be masturbating to them fucking up people sacral and your own it's raggedy stop so that means i can't masturbate to sylvia anymore do you guys have connection with you know i've heard this before oh you have yeah, so this was the thing on TikTok oh. where they would do the hey, TikToks. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Lauren. Lauren. 
porn. Well, you know, just to bring it back to me, you know, I grew up in the political system. My daddy ran for president three mm -hmm. times. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I know what it's like to struggle. And I, Arizona, you know, I just said we got to listen to these Trump people, you know, mm -hmm. you know, my daddy times five, my daddy. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. These are real Americans. Okay. <laughs> Did your clip not work, Reagan? Oh, no, I accidentally pressed. Oh, was it an accident? Oh. My, my, my headphones keep messing up. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, not, not, nothing can go correct. So... Did we want to lead into Dr. Seuss, or would sure. you want to go to a lighter? Okay, since it sort of ties it in, I would like to uh, get y'all's thoughts on Dr. Seuss. And let me just uh, put this up on the screen. And this is what I was talking about when I say every week, in which my opinion will be a little bit different than this, but I do feel like every, not even every week, sometimes it's like every day mm -hmm. I launch Twitter and there is a new outrage and I have to sort through Twitter, to figure out what's real. What? outrage. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Oh, okay. And so there's a new outrage almost every day of who we're canceling and all this stuff. And it's sometimes I just get so overwhelmed because I never, I cannot understand is there truth in this or is just, is this the Amazon mustache, Hitler mustache all over again? And so I, I had looked up some of these books and I think it was like six books that are not going to be printed anymore. And apparently like now they're going for like $50,000 on eBay, but I did want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I looked at some of the photos. I can understand why somebody would see obviously stereotypes in this, especially when these books are so Do you so have the old. photos? I, I want to see them. Uh, I'm looking for the photos. Well, I wasn't now. sure if we could show them. Why? Well, because they're, Race, you know, I don't know if it'll well, get. Well, we, we're having an academic conversation about okay, them because we're trying to. Oh, what, like the Chinese. Yeah, say I don't know what YouTube's policy is on that. I, I don't mean, care. I play it. It's my up. channel. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Doctor. Good Lord, this is freedom of speech. Freedom. Well, of see, expression. that's the problem. See, that's what I said before. It's like you don't know. Well, I'm. T we need. If we were going to have this conversation, we're going to show the images. We're discussing them, and if the YouTube wants to shut us off, then I'm just going to have dinner early. Yeah. No, you can have. <laughs> you can. I mean, you can have academic conversations about controversial imagery. Mm. I'm looking at some of the images now. I guess I can share my screen. <laughs> Yeah, but the bot may not know that. That's the issue. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Um, so, like, David Packman's been well, taken down before is, for being racist. I'm going to show him. I got him. I got him. So this is interesting because is. one of the things with automation, when we were talking about Amazon, um, and Debbie was rattling off some of the ways that Amazon is an unethical company, they have computers that follow the Amazon employees, and they get in trouble based off of an algorithm that yeah. where the yeah. computer is determining the human's behavior. I don't even know what I'm looking at, Debbie. These are so small. So hold on. I'm making a bigger honey. Oh, they're Can monkeys? Can you see that? <clears throat> yep. This is one of the books. I think this is when mm -hmm. we go to the zoo. Um, this is another book. Obviously, it's showing, um, you know, it's portraying, mm -hmm. you know, Asians in an, an unsavory light. Um can you see this? Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed on it because, in like, I, I hate cancel culture when, you know, you have to separate the artist from the art. And if you're talking about the artist was an anti-Semite or a bigot, but the art itself is not, like, I'm a huge fan of Wagner. He was a virulent anti-Semite. But um, I still listen to him. I it's fine. I, I, I separate the art from the artist. But in this case, it looks like the art is pretty racist. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, and... 
there's uh and then you're not canceling everything it's just some of his books right i don't know and 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 what i what i think could be done with this obviously i think there needs to be context with Uh this because like sorry here's another image that i'm putting up um on the screen right now what is that what is that big dicks for my name's uh crusoe robinson this is a Dr. And, Seuss? and this is, I mean, it's a pretty racist depiction. Can you read it? I, I mean, it's, describe it because people might not see it. Yeah, so it, it's like a, a black person meant to be like a native person on an island and done in a way that exaggerates lips. And I mean, it, stuff that you would immediately look at. Yeah. And say, it's a minstrel okay, show character, yeah, basically. It, it, so yeah. here's the thing. All his estate is saying is that it's i don't think that this is canceling dr seuss that's what conservative well, his, media has turned it into but his estate has said look we, we hear the critiques of some of the symmetry and these six books out of over a hundred books by the way we're not going to mass produce anymore we're going to yeah. make out of print and it's very common for books to eventually go out of print and, so, and these are for children these yeah. are for children. Yeah. And if you're a black child, how would you feel looking at that? See, we're all white people looking at this too. So we're 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 oh, totally. we're not necessarily the best people to judge this, but if you were a black kid or an Asian kid and you saw that depiction of yourself or you're a parent, I mean I think you might be a little heartbroken to see that. And for th- I can kind of see why you know, these aren't it would be one thing if these it's, were books for adults, but they're not. So I Well, I and the know. thing is all they have to do is redo the books. If the book, if if the literature is so like it has to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. Just redo the book. But this is what I was talking well, about. Well, then you're earlier, talking is, about revisionism and Orwell's yeah. stuff. So that's that's also problematic. But the thing is, if the, I'm saying, if you still want the kids to to be able to view it, but what I feel like is in the beginning, because this happens every freaking day with someone else is canceled. Okay. Mm-hmm. At first, but let's be I careful. They're not. The, this is not being canceled. This is books. It's no, 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 no. As of right now, if you go on Twitter, they want it all. Some people do want all of it canceled. I'm just saying. People on Twitter are just just different people. But that's different from. No, no. That's but what I'm trying to what I'm trying to listen. What I'm trying to say. Yes, totally. Okay. I'm just stating because we live in such a time where every day we have to You're find just new stating? I thought you already had your baby, Megan. We have. Listen, I have a sister of color. And so I, <laughs> therefore I can say what I want to say. Cheryl, okay. Cheryl doesn't count, honey. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that at, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And I, I was like, this is stupid mm-hmm. because every day this happens. And so when it's people crying wolf. So when it really is. And after I read right. about this, I'm like, OK, yeah, these books need it. They're pulling their own stuff. It's his own family that owns this stuff. They say, hey, times have changed. This is kind of fucked up. I mean, you know what okay. I'm saying? So basically, and they're getting rid of it. so basically we all agree. So it's a boring hot topic. Well, it's not boring, but I do. I do think yeah. there. It's the, just the most interesting part about this hot topic is what we started off, where we were afraid to show these images on YouTube. That's what. Yeah, you, I mean, that's, that, the but that's part. what yeah. I'm talking about because <laughs> yeah. things you're you're constantly. It's like yeah. you're constantly trying to find the next. Um, you're chasing the white dragon when it comes to cancel culture. So what's next is we've got to find something even outrageous, and therefore we got to cancel anybody that shows these images now. And that's what would. If, I'm sure there is somebody out there that seen where we showed these photos was said well obviously they need to be canceled uh, all i'm saying is the fake outrage 
hurts when there's valid causes of things to change, especially with Dr. Seuss. Because Adam, I bet uh, you half of the, the Republicans hear this and they're just they're not listening and they're not researching this information. So Adam Curtis is a fantastic British documentary maker. He recently made a new documentary called Can't Get You Out of My Head. It's a four parter. And one thing he said, he was interviewed on Chapo Trap House. I was listening to it this morning. One thing he said that's particular that he's he's noticed about this sort of arts today's society and with all the social media is that everybody acts like they're being watched all the time. And yeah. we just mm-hmm. we just demonstrated that. We're well, just, everybody's said about being Amazon. watched. And even when we're not being watched, we act like we're being watched. Yeah, Michel Foucault has a concept for this. He uses the uh, there's a prison that Jeremy Bentham built called the Panopticon, which is mm-hmm. a prison in the round right. with the guard tower in the center. And the benefit of doing that is that at any given moment, a person in the watchtower can look and see any of the prison cells. Mm-hmm. And so that makes the prisoners police themselves because they feel like I, I never know when I'm being watched, so I have to assume that I'm always being watched, right? And it's a very economical way to get people to police themselves. But I the- remember, Madge, when podcasting first came to iTunes, and you would get so angry at people who would mark their shows as explicit because you were like, why are you censoring yourself? Right. <laughs> the problem is, and I do think a lot of people... I hear this a lot, especially I do watch The View and I love Sunny, but she loves to say, you know, you're just whatever you do. Right. That should be all. You should always be policing yourself in your mind. You know, don't say anything bad then if you don't want to be canceled. Right. But the problem is the rules change from day to day. So like one joke today, which we all might agree, like, OK, I'm making a joke like, um, OK, uh, I don't I could do a voice changer. Right. La, 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 do a voice changer. And then five years down the road, I was making fun of a disabled person because mm. Stephen Hawking used a voice changer. I mean, things yeah. change. Well, D- Dave, D- Dave Weiner posted the other day on Twitter, um, who's the inventor of podcasting on RSS, and I've been working on him on this Cuomo podcast. But he said the other day, like, how do people working at the New York Times know what to know what's going to be offensive in five years? How exactly. are they able to write stories today that won't offend people in five years that aren't going to get them fired later? You know, it's really and so. Sad. And have y'all, did y'all watch the HBO movie? It went straight to HBO, The Witches. Did y'all watch that remake yeah. with Anne Hathaway? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that movie came out and it's based off of Is the, that, you know, it's a ooh. retelling of, huh? Oh, it's just, a, it was a very ugly person. Go ahead. That's Cheryl. It's Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. So, so she Cheryl. did, it's mm-hmm. a retelling, you know, it's a reboot of the movie. I didn't think it held anything up to right. the, the original. She has obviously. balls on her chin. Look, she has balls <laughs> on her chin. So this is the original is the witch. This part? is the, the new witch. So, so what, so this movie came out and they're witches in the book. It's described that they, mm-hmm. their hands are sort of like, sort of um, one finger in the middle, you know, with one nail, the feet are very different. Mm -hmm. So this came out and Anne Hathaway and the director, they all had to put out a statement because people that are not able-bodied. So people, let's say some people that hands are, are disabled in some way, started a whole cancer movement. Let's cancel the witches because it showed people with different uh, disabilities. As I'm saying this now, don't cancel me for saying this quote, 
as freaks, as someone to be scared of, when obviously if you watch the movie, they're not starting the basis of somebody that's disabled in a, at a disabled conference and then, you know, start eating children, right? They're witches that are described in the book as witches in cat-like features with their legs and their nail and it, it that's it's it's not it's fiction it's no different than like p- the fake outrage towards if if little mermaid gets remade and there's a black person it's a mermaid uh, why does it matter i don't uh, i'm of two minds of this so when the story first broke and i saw that anne hathaway made a comment i i read what was happening and i was like oh you've got to be kidding me right but i just want to reason by comparison for such a long time depictions of gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender people every time you saw somebody who was a sexual minority they were depicted as villains or as trying to seduce children or kill children or kidnap children and it was like repetitive and that is a crisis of representation right there that called for intervention and some of the earliest lgbtq activism focused on saying hey we have to reverse course on the way that our people are depicted so i could under because i'm able-bodied it was difficult for me to understand and appreciate probably how people who are not able-bodied are repeatedly depicted as monstrous in the media so i don't know if i i don't know that i i don't want to put the critique of the movie in the same camp as cancel culture. It's important for people to come out to engage in consciousness raising and say, hey, you know, every time we see somebody, like I think of American Horror Story Freak Show and how um, Evan Peters' character had the flipper hands. And that was actually a positive representation. He was more heroic on that show. So uh, the point, their point, that gets picked up by media and can be distorted by other media outlets in a number of different ways. But to me, their point is more, look, does it have to be that 99% of the time where we see somebody who doesn't walk right or has a, you know, has something like a hunch on their back or some type of deformity has to be depicted in a villainous way. But but the point is, is in this story, they're not disabled people. These are witches. I understand your point about being gay, but in, in a show where you're portraying a gay person, I can understand seeing that, right? Because it makes sense. You're portraying a gay person and you're saying you're just using this stereotype. But in this movie, they were never portrayed as deformed people because before they turn into wit into their full form they're normal and then they're secretive well, witches. It, I, it's I, not think, real I think really i don't see why it's offensive to people with the baby hand or whatever because you know that's that doesn't look like a baby hand i think this is offensive to chickens i mean those are chicken hands, uh, yeah clearly. it looks that's exactly that you know what that yeah. is exactly what a chicken's foot looks like right and i see chickens every day and it kind of i get a little tear in my eye and no it's not squirt it's a real tear when i see these chickens and <laughs> I think you poor chickens have been de- have been um, depicted negatively in a movie by Anne Hathaway, and thankfully she she apologized, but she didn't apologize to the chickens, and I'm a little sad for that. It's not her chicken foot; it's the color of her makeup. God, look how orange you fucking look, girl. Again, I feel like we're pulled away, especially when this happened. It was the Trump administration. We're pulled away from like policies that are affecting people with disabilities. Like, yeah. there's your out, like Medicare for all, and your outrage should be well, spent. Meanwhile, on the meanwhile, you have people who cannot get vaccinated who have serious disabilities. Yes. But we're talking about chicken hands. I mean, I just, I don't know. 
I don't, but see, that's, and I think this is the overall thing. It's like, yeah. it's, it's always something else to edge off to. Tur- Turbo comes- Hand in, in our chat made mm-hmm. an interesting point. He said, What's hilarious is that so many people in Hollywood cut themselves up and deform themselves into what <laughs> yeah. they think is an right. ideal. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Madonna. Yeah. Oh my Everyone. God, good year blimp. Let's move on to the next hot topic. I All thought right, we're done so, with hot topics, right? So do oh, we, we are. Well, it's been oh, like I thought 50 we were going to. Oh, we had Dolly. Did you want to do Dolly? Now, I mean, I think maybe overdone. let's do our deep dives. We can yeah. move okay. our other hot topics. What you know? What we'll call it leftovers. We'll call yeah. it leftovers, Sounds and we'll push good. it into next week. Fine. So, do we want to start with vaccines or friendship? Uh, well, I'm not doing vaccines. I changed my. My hot topic. Oh, Madge, I was so excited about no. vaccines. Well, I couldn't get enough information about... I couldn't get enough horrible... I, I was finding horrible, hilarious stuff about... From I'm on this group called the Chicago Vaccine Hunters. But um, it was... So I found funny stuff, and then, but like they kept deleting the comments that were funny. So I, 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 my heart wasn't in it. So I want to talk about something else. So if you want to do your topic first, that's fine. Okay. Let's do my topic first. So I want to talk about friendship and to introduce this, because what we do now with Eat This Hot Show is our hot topic segment are the appetizers. And then our main courses, we're going to do two deep dives. And there are a few things that I want to say before we get to the meat and potatoes, genderless potatoes. First, Friends is one of the most overrated shows in tv history it's basically (laughs) a swingers party they all fuck one another and every other scene lisa kutro says something funny the meteoric success of friends is textbook celebration of white mediocrity okay so i said that i never even saw that that i need to say i've never watched it me neither oh you're not missing i stole the haircut though i did steal the haircut you gotta admit the haircut was everything back then oh the rachel oh my god i did i did the rachel the Rachel, Rachel yeah. Was the end. I, I remember Rachel that was when visible changes at the mall was a thing. You'd go to visible changes, <laughs> then you get a glamour shot, so oh you get God. it all done. You can pick Reagan, up your Seiko I, watch. I love when you talk about any of those mall stores like Chico's, like uh, Talbot's. Casual Corner. It's one thing I really uh, I really loved about about Barb and Starbra is that they talked uh, about those kind of stories too. But go yes. ahead. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love Barb and Star. We're, we want that Trish monologue. Oh, if yeah. somebody can get us the Trish monologue in audio, I would I can get it. You. I have it on the uh, thing. I didn't know you wanted it. It's still in theaters. Yes. Oh. Are you going to get it? Carefully. Very carefully. From renting it. Okay, second, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Bette Midler covers is that song, You Got to Have Friends. So I, I wrote a very quick, just a few of the lines gay version of some of its lyrics don't make me sing don't make me sing 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 you gotta have friends the feeling so so strong you got to have friends 16 candles long duck dong standing at the end of the bed boy waiting for my new friend to come i don't care if he's hung or cock poor i gotta get me some of him Okay, so that thank you. That was Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. Oh my God. Bravo. We just got a DCMA for that. You were so on key. The algorithm. <laughs> I love the 19. 19- I love the John Hughes film from the 80s reference. I'm sure a lot of our younger. Oh, he's been canceled. Don't talk about him. 
I like it when the the character who says, don't make me sing, when somebody goes to the piano, she's like, and a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. Okay. So, uh, Trish at Christmas, forget it. (laughs) Trish (laughs) Trish at Christmas, forget it. Okay. uh, Yeah. And Barb and Star, that's actually a very nice transition because that's all about like having a close friend. And then what happens? How does your friendship evolve when a man comes into the picture? Okay. And she dies in the end. Oh, that was Beaches. Never mind. Sorry. The end of friendships have become less explosive for me as I mature. My circle of friends is also a lot smaller. Um, Friendships that no longer work for me tend to fade away like a pungent fart. But um, some friendships are harder for me to shake than others, even when I realize that they're not doing well. And I just want to kind of like share this anecdote about my friend Phil before I play a clip for you. And uh, so get ready, Madge. Get ready I'm to ready. hit it. So, I got I'm ready to just say hit it. Okay. So I have a friend named Phil, and we've been close friends for probably like 13 years. And... Little, you know, it's like death by a thousand cuts where somebody does something and you're like, okay, that's not a big enough deal to like end a friendship with. And, you know, like he would have invite a bunch of friends out, but not invite me or they'd Mm. go do something and not invite me, which kind of just feels sucky. And so um, he had very compartmentalized friendships. Exactly. That's the word I was going to use because I know somebody like that too. And he compartmentalized my friendship too. He would like have different sections of friends, right? And I was in, I was like his C list of friends and, but I would never get invited for Saturday night. Never. A lot of people are, I mean, some, you, you have people that you do certain things with. You may mm. have certain friends that you play Fortnite with or certain friends that you call you when you're upset. Right. That That's very natural, but some people do it to such an extent that it makes their other friends feel like crap. And that's problematic. So at the beginning of the lockdown, and by the way, I've been in lockdown for 353 days and taking it seriously. And I got the first dose of vaccine earlier in the week. So I'm very happy. Ah, that. Lucky um, but I, I, I got into my car and I went to start it and my battery was dead. And I thought you were going to say your car just, blew up. I remember this, Reagan. Go ahead. Yeah, this is week I one of the vaccine where mm. we're all just trying to get to the store because mm-hmm. of all the panic buying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Phil lives just a few blocks away from me. He is who I consider to be like... You know, if something's happening to me in a jam, this is who I need to go to. So I call him up. I explain the situation. I'm like, hey, would it, would you be willing to pick me up and take me to AutoZone just so I can buy a new battery? Because um, I didn't want to pay for an Uber to do that. It, you know, right. spend like $30 just right. getting there. But, you know, this is why you have friends. And then there's an AutoZone in our neighborhood. And so he goes, you know, mm, that's a hard no for me. Uh, yeah. And why a hard no? Uh, it, that's an, it, it was like adding insult to injury. I think maybe he was trying to be funny or something, but, but being serious, like he wasn't going to do this for me. And I so I had to I ended up getting AAA insurance because I figured, OK, maybe I just need to get it now. And I did it myself. But I have not talked to him since. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I do these Facebook purges periodically just Mm -hmm. getting rid of friends and 
or people I don't communicate with. Um, and, I, you know, I, it, for some reason with him, it's like hard for me to finally pull the trigger. And so that made me think about how during the pandemic, the way that we're all dealing with friendships, like some friendships just fading away, other friendships, you know, it. the pandemic is having this really odd effect on friendships. Work friends, people you thought were friends. Right, yeah. And, see, and, you, you, have, and, okay. well, you have no family near you, and that's what I find. Yeah, you know, I, that, yeah. And that, I could not imagine just living out there by myself and not having, because family you can always call. Right. And so when you think you have a feel that's, might as well say, like extended family, that's a blow. Try living 5,000 miles away and no family. It's even worse. But you have I, a wife. No, I mean, I, I, uh, I, France. I live my life by the golden rule. And so no way in a million years if he contacted me and said, ask for that would i say no i would yeah right. i'm happy to do it i'm sitting on my ass during a lockdown what else am i gonna so do so you dumped his ass uh, pretty much um but i i just haven't unfriended him from facebook because i guess that <laughs> makes it final it's final that's a well, statement you better do it because you named his you already named him so you might as well you named yeah him on the yeah well so i want to play this clip that I listened to right before it comes from a podcast called the life hacker podcast. And they had a PhD come on who studies relationships and we're, it's about a three and a half minute clip, but it, um, it talks about basically just to set it up, why we struggle more with friendships a lot of the time, more than intimate relationships. So oh, hit I it, Oh, wrong clip. I'm sorry. <laughs> we sort of have at least a general blueprint of what a romantic relationship should look like, what the trajectory of that looks like. And we don't have that at all for friendships. Absolutely. It, that's very true in terms of, of experiences like making friends or dating. And certainly, you know, a, a lot of what I hear and, and again, from personal experience is that making friends can feel a lot like dating, but we don't necessarily talk about how awkward or uncomfortable it can be or just how difficult it can be to meet like-minded people and i think that's even more true when we talk about ending a friendship uh, because for the most part the the norms or the etiquette about how to end a romantic relationship that's quite clear there are very clear expectations about what we should or should not do whereas we don't have those same ideas or expectations necessarily about our friendships we actually asked our audience for questions which we're going to get to but I was really struck reading them about just how much pain there seems to be in these problems people have with their friendships. Yeah, uh, relationship difficulties of any kind are very strongly linked with our mental health and well-being. So we see that having conflict or ongoing difficulty in our relationships with friends, partners, family members, that that really can take a toll on our well-being. There is something unique about our friendships. And I've said this time and time again, but one of the things that makes our friendships so powerful and important and so strongly linked with our sense of well-being and mental health is the fact that they're voluntary. So unlike our relationships with our partners or our family members, where there is the expectation that to some extent we have to stay involved in each other's lives, we don't see that same expectation when it comes to our friendships. And so what that means is that friends do have to choose on an ongoing daily basis to remain involved in each other's lives and to stay connected in that way. And that's why we can feel so close to friends and why kind of the validation and support that we get from our friends is so meaningful. But it's also why when they come to an end or when we struggle in our friendships, it can be so devastating and really, really hurtful. So how do you know when a friendship isn't working? There are lots of different ways to look at this. So I would say 
you know, the first three main reasons why friendships end. The first would be because of some kind of big betrayal where the trust in your friendship has been kind of irreparably damaged or shattered. I would say that actually tends to be the least common reason why friendships end. More common would be kind of an accumulation of smaller conflicts or difficulties that build up over time, especially when they, the same issue happens over and over again. So, for example, a friend who is inconsistent in the way they treat us, they're up and down, they're unreliable in some way, so they're, they're canceling plans last minute, they're not, um, they're not showing an interest. When we see these kind of small difficulties build up over time, what often ends up being kind of the, you know, the last straw is this idea of there is no openness to change or feedback. And so when we've communicated to our friends that this is bothering us, that this is hurtful in some way, and when our friends continue to behave in a certain way, that can really signal the end of a friendship. Because at that point, it's not just about the initial conflict. It's about kind of this bigger lack of respect. Um, I would say, though, that the, the most common reason why friendships end is this gradual growing apart. That obviously, as we age and as we move through life, and we enter different life stages and we have different experiences, our needs and our values and our perspectives can change. And obviously that's happening at the same time for our friends. And so we can end up in places where we aren't able to connect as we used to because of kind of practical concerns or barriers, or we just have, have we don't have much in common anymore. I think that point about the slow accumulation of small grievances is a really good one. And in my own life, in these situations, I feel like I've hit a wall very quickly and decided immediately that I'm done. Can I say why I like this topic first? I, I, don't, yeah. I don't have that specific stuff to say yet, but here's why I like the topic, and I mentioned this in a, in a chat that you probably didn't see, but um, you know, my topic is very political and very divisive, as are most of my topics. This topic is I like it because it's not political, it's not divisive, but it does have a political impact. And I think, and also after hearing our, my, that clip, when I think of how we deal with friends, I think that's like a big reason why our society is fucked up. And I don't yeah. really, I can't really, I haven't really analyzed well, it's it. It's so subjective. Yeah. Like the way we treat other people, it's just like magnify that times, you know, 300 million. And that's our, totally. that's our, that's our country. How you treat somebody is if you classify yeah. them as a friend, right? A stranger on the street, you yeah. might not buy their, their food, right? But and if you're friends with them, then you'll buy, you'll spend $60 on a dinner for them. And how we treat these people, these, these friendships and how, how, important they are and how quickly we dispose of them versus how much we try and nurture them and how honestly we are with people versus ghosting people. It's all a reflection on society as a whole, I think, somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. As I was researching the topic, I found some fascinating uh, data. Harvard scientists have found that the biggest predictor of health and happiness in old age is your relationships at 50. Mm. So by the time you get to 80, the number one predictor of how, like, satisfied you are in your life or friendships they also provide a i think very instructive multi-pronged definition of friendship first a friendship needs to be positive and make you feel good second it's long lasting third it has reciprocity and cooperation and finally you can rely on the person when i heard this clip the part that really spoke to me was when the doctor said if you go to a friend and you say, look, something is happening, it's a problem for me, it's hurting my feelings, if the other person isn't willing to change direction, isn't willing to evolve, then there's nowhere to go. 
but that her. but that assumes you're you're telling them. That assumes you're having that conversation. You're telling no, no, them you have to be able to tell. But I I had to yeah. end a friendship, another friendship with a guy named Matt because. I love how I just, I name the names. Not I the bring big, the receipts. Not I say Ms. it. Not the big brother lady. No, no, I love I love him. We're, we're like family. Mm. But um, because anytime I would go to him with a problem that I was having, mm-hmm. he would use that as an opportunity to be like, well, how about when you, what about us? And when you do this or when you do that, when you do this. And I'm like, okay, all of that is valid. And we can have a conversation about that. But it seems a little opportunistic that when I'm coming to you, apropos of nothing else, saying here are problems that I have that are potential deal breakers for our friendship, that all these other things only become an issue for you when I'm, you know, like, let's handle these issues one at a time, in other words. See, I don't do that. Like, this is my problem with friendships is I've lost so many friendships because they do, they annoy me and I don't, I don't lay it out for them. I just ghost them. I've done that so many times. Well, see, I'm a very private person, and I compartmentalize every aspect of my life from work people, from people that are, you know, maybe from just, I, I just go to the movies with a certain person. And then my, what I would consider true friends are just two best friends, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. I think things, because especially in my line, things it just makes things simpler if I do it that way. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like I have people I can trust. And then I have people on the outside that want my company and I can give it to them in, in that area, but I'm not able to fully open up. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, part of, part of the trust, part of building trust is being able to say to somebody who you care about, this is hurting my feelings and know that you're not going to be attacked for that. And it takes a level of maturity. Also, when somebody says to you, hey, you're Reagan, you're hurting my feelings when you say X, Y, or Z, I have to be able, and I'm not saying that I always am able, sometimes, you know, I'm human, but if I care about somebody, I have to be willing to hear what they're saying and go, you know what, you're right, and I'm going to try to do better. But what I, I if, apologize. I'm going to try to do better. But what if the friend is doing stuff that you really don't think is in their power? Like it's just so such a part of them. Like I had this yeah. friend. Every time we'd go out to eat, he would just spit his food everywhere, and like <laughs> a, a piece of egg here, a piece of egg there, a bagel there, some bacon there, and it's like blah blah blah. blah. And and everybody. So we always used to go to this group of people, and everybody <laughs> tried to avoid this person because he spits his food, and he like w- lost so many friends, and nobody would tell him. I couldn't tell what, him either. Now, was this J. Howard Marshall? I don't know who was that, that was. <laughs> who was that? That's Anna Nicole Smith's husband. Oh, oh is he doing that? His soul rested ace. But yeah, I my thing is like, because I lost, I say I lost three friends this year, not and not, not COVID, one suicide Tammy who was on the show. I was still, you know, incommunicado. I, no, I was talking i'm getting my negatives mixed up now i I was i had a relationship with her on the phone with this show but i had two friends i broke my wrist in august and i was i was in the er i got two some coincidentally got two phone calls within an hour that two of my best friends from college had died and the first one died two years before i just found out two years later that my best friend from my roommate who i lived with for over three years 
was dead for two years. I didn't even know about it. And my other friend was a good friend. I found out two weeks after she died, and I talked to her the day before she died. And we were best friends. We went to Amsterdam together, best friends. But both relationships just faded. And I'm like, oh, I'll get to see her. I'll see her. Oh, your kid's eight. Now it's 12. Now they're 20. Now you're dead. And it's just all I can say is don't let those relationships fade because then you, yeah. before you know it, they're dead. It's and terrible. the thing is, you have to understand, and I, this is, again is subjective, and I'll tell you what I consider, but like, what is a friend to so some person? Like, I could just, I could talk to somebody on the street and they think we're friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, Definitely. there is a, there's a line that's so subjective. But to me, I find that in my, in my line of work, in my ladiness, I think a friend is someone who can tell you you're fat and you don't get upset about it. Deborah, you know, you're fat. That, yeah, th- that's how that's how I classify a friend. Like if I can talk to you about my weight, then we're friends. Okay. You know, my good Judy, she'll call me up the phone. Listen, honey, you sent me that picture the other day. Your cabinets, <laughs> I saw a reflection. And honey, you need to work on that because you've gained like 60 pounds during the pandemic. And I'm like, that's a friend. You know, she's worried about Mm -hmm. me, you know, having a heart attack or blah, blah, blah. I'm saying like, that's what I consider a friend. You know, I wouldn't let a stranger on the street call me fat, but a friend. (laughs) Yeah. See, I don't do the compartmentalization thing because I've been compartmentalized by other people and I find it very hurtful. But, um, you know, because I feel like I'm not in the right area like if you're friends with me be friends with me if you're not you're not and that's different being an acquaintance which is different but i don't want to be your fifth level friend and so your friend you know what i mean like for friends we're friends or we're not you know that's the way i see it yeah if i feel like i'm being if i'm somebody's plan b i'm not into it yeah exactly and i i made about what about your movie friend who who are you talking about? Uh, mad. I mean, no, not mad. You don't go to the movies. You pie everything. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Who? Who's my movie friend? Oh, you the mean one the- that chews the ice. Oh, yeah, we still we, go to we, movies when the we, theaters are open. You've. We had kind of um, one night we were out drinking and we had kind of this weird explosive argument. And then uh, we're friendly now, but we're not like friends anymore. And about two years ago, I, I really just kind of cut ties with a lot of the kickball friends that I had made that I was going and doing everything with. And it was a huge circle of friends, but I just saw some, you know, once you, once if you're friends with like kickball people, then there tends to be, you know, you have your alpha gaze and Mm. I was very close with one of the other alpha gaze and it was just too much alphaness. It was a guy, Matt, who I said, you know what? I just can't, I'm not in this anymore. Like this friendship is no longer working for me. But the problem then is that everybody else is connected. He's the queen. Sorry, what does alpha gayness mean? Can you elaborate? Like he's the queen bee. He's Uh the glue that holds all these otherwise disparate groups of people together. So if I I made a decision, so this is what did it. This is what did it. Um, The New Year's going into one week before 2020. I or maybe 2019, I forget which, I was at a bar, I drank too much, I got into an argument with um, somebody and the guy ended up assaulting me and um, punched me in the face and I had like blood running down my face. And it was very traumatic experience for me. And especially because I was kind of like blackout drunk. And I woke up the next well, and you had blood coming out of your whatever. And yeah, and yeah. My, out of my whatever, yeah. So um, I, I told him about that. I 
he never picked up a phone, never called me. This is somebody who I've gone on vacations with, who mm. um, when he moved back to L.A., I picked him up from the airport. I took a day off work to drive him all over to fa- go apartment hunting. I've done so many favors for him. You know, so everything is on his terms, right? Mm-hmm. And is he that a narcissist? A, 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 yes, 100%. See, that's your problem. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so I, re- I realized that and decided I, I can't, do this anymore and just to give you an idea like two months went by and he still had never picked up the phone to call me which was really hurtful to me because i really considered him at the time to be one of my close friends and he knew that i was hurt and so he sends me a text message like a month and a half later and he's like hey how are you doing and i was like and i had already talked to my therapist about the situation and she gave me really good advice and um I said, I, you know, things have been rough, you know, and, and things had been rough, really rough for me. I mean, I was getting over an assault and he goes, oh, okay. Hey, did you ever get my Christmas card? Because you never responded to it. (laughs) (laughs) And I responded and I had already kind of anticipated this with my therapist. And I just responded. I said, you know, Matt, I'm going through much bigger things right now. I, I don't have time to talk to you about your Christmas card. And and we haven't spoken since. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I um, I was aware. I was you know I I put a lot of thought into it. But I love what this this uh, person is saying. This expert is saying that if you think about it, if you go into the self help section of a bookstore, there's all of this literature that tells you how to get into romantic relationships, how to end romantic relationships. All of you know you have guidebooks for doing this. The different love languages you can speak. But when it comes to friendships, there's really no roadmap that you can follow. As you mature, as you get older, you become more aware of like, okay, here's the stuff I'll deal with. And here's the stuff that I'm not going to deal with anymore. And a lot of that has to do with loving yourself and saying, hey, like, I'm worth more than somebody not calling me for two months after an assault. I I say two months. He never picked up the phone and called me. So so is this a would you classify this as a best friend? He was, we were very, very close. He was one of my closest friends. So that's the problem that I think gets confusing. Now, obviously, I'm just, you know, we're online friends. We haven't met each other in person. But I do remember when this happened, you know, because you live very um, open, at least on Facebook, you know. I mean, so I I don't know. I I might have not left a comment. I'm sure I might have said something. I have a very limited audience on Facebook. I have like 140 friends, but I go deep on my Facebook. Yeah, but he could have at least just did like a sad, I don't know if they had that back then, you know, the sad face text you at least i don't know how do you think he takes he texted he texted me but to me that was not like you live in the same area as me like you can't it's not like you're every week there's like okay Reagan got stabbed last week okay he got shot yeah and it was the beginning it was an eye-opening experience for me because i i had to say to myself i because after that after i made that decision I had to start like going out by myself and, but I've lived in LA long enough to where when I go out to bars, there are people who I know. So I'm not by myself. Um, But I'm glad that I did it. It made me stronger. It made me, it's not like when I was younger where I felt trapped in friendships where, well, if I'm not friends with this person, then I'm going to have nobody. Like that's not any way, it's not a healthy approach to relationships. Mm -hmm. In my life. Okay. So, 
my problem is too many now i'm not talking online because you know i have an online persona if one will granny gamer so i don't want to go too far into that but i will say in my life personally i'm not one to want to be friends with everybody but everybody wants to be friends with me and that's one of the reasons i have to compartmentalize it because i just can't handle it and what i've realized is when this pandemic started and i had to go away to my um summer wait i call this my summer home right for health reasons so i you know wouldn't get sick um all these people in my life that i just consider these people acquaintances really i wouldn't class them as friends I mean, we're constantly wanting me to call them and they, you know, I had to validate their issues and stuff. And it was so overwhelming that I went into this dark, deep lockdown. I, I don't even think I talked to Madge for a little bit. You know, I didn't want oh, to yeah, do any you shows. In a dark space. You were in a dark I just, space. I couldn't handle it. And so like now it's just my best friends and my online girls and the rest of the people, I, I just can't deal with it. And I don't, I, I know this can be, it's a bad thing in some ways because I, maybe I'm doing what this gentleman did to you. Maybe these people have seen me as best friends, but I just couldn't because it was just too many people. Way too many. I just couldn't handle it. I think sometimes, and I think this might bridge into my topic if you want. Uh, okay. Which is. There's a pattern, and I, I was influenced a lot by this documentary I mentioned earlier, this Adam Curtis documentary, but he views uh, this time period that we're in as a period of rugged individualism, That and saying mainly about America, that we're so individualistic that all really anybody cares about in this country is themselves. And I think the way we handled friendships, the way we handled friendships, and in fact, the way that the advice from that, that uh, person was also in the same way. It's all geared towards taking care of you, not taking care of the friend. And let me just tell you something. Uh, Andy Vera, who used to be a co-host of this show, I don't think I'd be married today if I didn't take her advice. And her advice to me in a relationship that she repeated over and over again in her show was, when I'm in my relationship with my husband, I always put him first. Always. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you should do that with every friendship, and I certainly have, and I've explained that I've had terrible problems with friendships. But maybe that's something we need to do is say, no, don't look at it in terms of you. Look at what your friends need. If you want to be a good friend, if you want good friends, then do put that person first. Put that person before you. And I don't mean to that it's just about what friendships. I'm talking about society, and I think, and this is where it branches in my topic, my topic is about why Democrats don't do shit for progressive policies. And I think part of it is that really maybe we just don't want to as a society because we really are individualistic and we really just care about ourselves and individualism. And you know, like when I, a lot of this stuff with masks, it's like we only care about ourselves. So many people, they care about themselves. We don't, we pretend to be interested in the collective but we're really not. And then no. we have the other extreme of collective, which was communism, which, you know, has failed for a number of reasons. But um, but so I think I think and, and Adam Curtis at the end of his interview, he says, I really don't know what's next. But there ha there's he think it appears that what he's suggesting is that maybe what's coming next is some sort of compromise between individualism and collectivism that somehow will meet in between but right now society is purely individualistic and it's 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 a problem and deborah vanished she's just staring at me now i don't know what happened <laughs> um she's back so what i wanted to talk about is i 
I have a conspiracy theory that I believe in. I'm going to share it, and you can tell me I'm crazy, which you probably will. But it's backed up, and in fact, my source of the conspiracy is somebody who I respect, but has also been accused of conspiracies himself, which is Glenn Greenwald, who is a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter. And he has constantly been accused. Alex Jones. No. I I just said his name, Glenn Greenwald. (laughs) Okay. And um, he... He's constantly accused, like, when I post things from him, some certain people will be like, and I don't want to name names, Brian Place, but people will be like, don't, you know, don't mention that. Oh, that person. It's the, it's the, the idea of dismissing the person. Glenn Greenwald has, has, you know, earned his credo as a reporter. I mean, he won the fucking Pulitzer Prize. He's, he's credentialed. Right. Yeah. So you he's earned the right for you to at least to hear his opinions. But people will shut him down instantly and say, oh, he's a Russian troll in the same way they'll say Trump is or McConnell or all these, you know, this whole Russia, Russian fear thing. And and they'll just shut him down, not listen to his ideas because they disagree with him and they just immediately dismiss him as being a Russian troll. Well, I was. You know, investigating that, and, I, and I've bought into that in a lot of ways because this guy, I, I really, he he started, he he left the Intercept because he accused them of censorship because he wanted to report on Biden's son right before the election, and they basically said no, we're not going to do that. So he left the Intercept, which he helped. He was one of the founders of. I'm very upset about that. Honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't on his side for that. I'm like, of course they're gonna. You're gonna. You, you know, you could potentially make Biden lose the election for this. I mean, the, the, this is this is the reality of journalism. And yeah. and he's done other stuff like when he talked about the the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, I, I can't remember his take, but I vehemently disagreed with him. And I even had a little Twitter exchange with him about it. I just disagree. But 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 the thing. So like I get in that trap, and then I'm like hearing people say, "Oh, he's a Russian." trolling him and he's the one that helped expose um edward snowden he's the one that was in that you know that helped snowden get to russia and all that and and got his got his papers out got what he had to say out so i started thinking yeah maybe he there is something to that well then you know and i i want to investigate my own bias so he was on and this is in no this is in um and i'm going to play clip too uh, in November, and I believe it was like maybe the day after the election before we knew who was going to win. And he talked to um, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which is Useful Idiots with Matt Taib and Katie Halper. And he talked about how he changed. Why? Because he's one of those people, and maybe I'm not giving enough background, but he's one of those people that he's always criticizing the Democrats to the point, and he goes on Tucker Carlson, you know, and it'll be like criticizing the Democrats way more than he criticizes Trump, right? And you're like, what is it? You know, so it's easy to fit to put him into that narrative. Well, he's obviously a Russian troll because he's criticizing the Democrats. So, but on this show, he explained why, and that's the clip I'm going to play. It's a little long, so deal with it. From 2005 to before I got into my I completely hate the Democrats stage. I used to I used to be one of those like progressive bloggers who always thought, oh, they just need more spine. Exactly. They really want to exactly. do good things, yeah. but they're just afraid. You know, that whole like Daily Co's like mythology for children. And I remember what what they used to do is, you know, there'd be like some bill and I would get really excited. It would be like to ban um, we're to guarantee habeas corpus for war on terror suspects. So they get at least one crack at a court before they're like thrown into prison for three decades. And this is something the Democrats are campaigning on and we're denouncing And Every single time there'd be a bill like that, it would always fail by two or three votes because of democratic defections, but they would always make sure that the defections rotated. So you could never 
focus on anyone who is terrible. They kept just rotating it. So it was like that kind of game when you're playing with a kid with, you have that hammer and the things pop up and you have to smash them, but you can never actually win because they just keep popping up. Um, and I call it villain rotation. That's, you know, yeah, it's whack-a-mole. They're experts at that. The Democrats are expert at denying their voters what they pretend they want to give them. Right. And then pretending that they're really upset by it. So Mitch McConnell is the perfect excuse for the Biden administration to just be as centristy and pro Wall Street and pro Silicon Valley as possible. There's always some theory to pretend to their liberal left progressive base that they really, really, really want to do these wonderful things that's being demanded of them. And yet they just can't because of some pragmatic impediment. Did you have an aha moment that made you realize that that it wasn't about spinelessness and obstructionism, but rather about what they wanted or believed in or did not believe in or did not want? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was, you know, remember when I first started writing, it was, you know, four years after the 9-11 attack, two years after Iraq, when that national security repression was very much in the air. Democrats felt very constrained. The discourse was very limiting and, 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 and repressive. And so I always thought that the Democrats were just afraid, like, and especially after John Kerry's loss in 2004, remember, they really wanted to nominate Howard Dean. They got afraid that if they did that, they would be too far to the left and would lose to George Bush. So they nominated this, like, you know, jelloey, uninspiring figure in John Kerry and lost anyway. Um, So I just thought it was like a kind of fear-driven political miscalculation. And then once Obama won with this amazing mandate, he had like an army of millions of people behind him with the Obama for America, um, majorities in the House and the Senate. And, you know, the first thing they started doing was thinking about how to help Wall Street and bail out the banks um, and continue the Bush-Cheney civil liberties assault and the endless war on terror with all of the, you know, radical article two theories of executive power that nobody was forcing them to do, then it just became so obviously true to me that they weren't doing these things that I was angry about because they just lacked the political will or the political courage or whatever. They were doing those things because those were the things they believed they and, and wanted to do to to appease their their donor base. Like when you really like look at what the Democratic Party is, it's not very hard to see once you look at it from that perspective. So this is the conspiracy and the conspiracy that I, at least for the moment, and you're welcome to disagree with me, agree with, which is the fact that the Democrats don't really want these progressive things. The assumption many people make, many mainstream people make is that, oh, they really want. Medicare for all, or they want to fix health care, or they want a minimum wage guarantee. People believe that. What I believe is the Democrats do not want that because the donors that give them money do not want that. And in fact, most most the average um, you know salary for for Congress is well over a million dollars. They're they're mostly millionaires and. Um, and that's the that's the conspiracy that I believe in. And that's why Glenn Greenwald and, and I, I heard him in a Freudian slip. I'm not going to play another clip where he actually admitted to being a Democrat. But 
the point is that like that's why he's so mad so i'm really interested in two ways from the conspiracy aspect the, the substance of it the fact that and this is what i want you guys to comment on is that i really do believe that that's what's happening it's going on right now it, it happened with the the medicare public option under obama and i see it happening right now under our eyes with the um with this minimum wage thing i think it's there's they don't want that at all they're playing these games they're gonna they're they're playing this game with the parliamentarian and Kristen cinema and mansion and it's all mansion. just it's all just a shell game it's nonsense because they don't want it because their corporate donors don't want it and but the other the other part of it that i'm emphasizing is just that it's great for me to look into this person who i really didn't like and understand his motive and see him as a more three-dimensional person so you're welcome to comment on that i mean it sounds valid i mean the thing is is if if it if it doesn't if let's say the 15 dollars doesn't get passed it's easy to say that's the reason and there's really no way to back up off on it because at first it was we'll get the senate and all this is going to happen then it started to leak that the the new boogeyman's not mitch mcconnell anymore it's mansion right manwich or whatever his name is and then once they which you know what now that i think about it i don't know if that's so true with biden because if that if okay let's just take it as okay if this was some conspiracy right that they were going to have the boogeyman be mansion, and then if that didn't work, it was Christian. Then why did why did um, Harris go down to his state and doing her little campaign thing behind his back? That that Good you know question. what? Now that I think about yeah. it, that, okay, that just ruins my idea. I don't know. I mean, it sounds valid. If it doesn't get through, I can understand. I can understand why somebody would see that. So I'm not going to say that that's not the case because so much money is spent in this country with with these campaigns and, and back deals and back alley, you know, abortions, abortions. <laughs> but I mean, it, I'm sure corporate me, you know, Amazon's running these ads right now. And I think this is kind of telling Amazon's running so many ads and on network TV, on digital mediums, on Twitter. $15, Amazon supports it. We sh- And they show these clips of, we've changed our workers' lives with $15, and they're so much happier now, and they pack so much faster. And that so was because faster. of Bernie. Bernie's the one that forced them to do that. No, 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 no. No, but I'm saying, exactly. We know that. But Amazon's trying to spin this, that the $15 was their idea. Mm-hmm. That the $15, they looked at studies and said that their oh, workers fat, pack 15 percent faster and don't steal playstations um when when they're doing this when that's not the case i'm sure that they're funding republicans to take away a minimum wage behind the behind the back alley or whatever right but they're trying to show face that we're fighting for 15 when no if you're fighting for 15 honey we'd already have it like amazon is what the richest is amazon the richest corporation I don't know. Like Jeff, one minute he's rich and one minute he's under right. Elon Musty. But I'm just saying, if they wanted 15, this could have been settled between Walmart and Amazon. This could have been settled five years ago. So this, I, you know what? I can kind of, I, I can kind of agree with that, Madge. I'm not going to try to fight it. No, but the only thing is, when Harris went to Mansion State, that sort of messes that up. So I, I, I can, I, I can. I can see it. I can see it. Reagan? I don't know if I believe in a conspiracy. It's hard for me to think of the Democrats getting together. Call call all the troops together. Let's go into our secret room and determine which two are going to be the baddies this month. I don't know if I believe it 
in those terms. But I do believe that this is baked into a system without campaign finance reform. And that campaign finance reform, and I've been saying this for years, is really the key to solving, I would say, 70% of our political problems in the United States. We have to get the money out. Interestingly, I watched a special about Mitch McConnell, and the way that Mitch McConnell built his name was being one of the few senators that was against campaign finance reform, because that was one of the things that all the senators, all the people in Congress were like, oh, yeah, of course, we need campaign finance reform. And then he went against the grain and was like, you know what? No, I don't think we need We need to have money in politics and capitalist society. Um, now, <laughs> the entire thing is just um, we, we have these deep-seated structural issues with the way that our democracy works. Um, we were going to talk about stimulus caps um, as one of our hot topics, which I guess we'll get to next week. But one of the things that I wanted to say in relation to that is pork barreling legislation is another huge problem. So you look at the money that is supposed to go to the COVID relief bill, and one of the ways that this has become politicized is you have people coming out and saying that, well, only X portion is actually going to COVID intervention, and then you have... Um, Smithsonian like instance, money, or the, you have, the SOMP. Well, like PolitiFact, there's a U.S. representative named Scott... Fitzgerald, who claimed that 91% of the spending in that package wasn't really for pandemic relief. PolitiFact fact-checked him and found out that that was completely, like, completely wrong. But 15% is what's actually going to non-relief measures that include a $1.5 million bridge between New York and Canada and $480 million for Native American language preservation. By comparison, $160 billion of that goes to direct pandemic intervention. But one of the things that I'm getting tired of is that they, they tried to put the $15 minimum wage into pandemic relief so that muddies the waters. Oh, no, see, this is where I strongly disagree with you, and I can explain why. And okay. I've, I've had this discussion with people on um, on Facebook, and here's the thing. Here's why it is relevant, because part of the COVID bill is the unemployment benefit, which ex- I'm not sure Deborah probably knows better, but it's either $200 more a week or $400 a week. So like it's that. $300. Okay, $300. Well, the new, the new one will be four. $400. Currently okay. it's three. Okay. It'll be four. And it was six, right, at some point? So yes, here's the it was six in the beginning. Is that there are a lot of people who actually will probably prefer to stay in unemployment because they make more money on unemployment than they do from their wages. And and some many people like right wingers will say, well, obviously that's a mistake. You can't that's that means you shouldn't give them so much money because but, they're but getting more money. But you don't have money. the choice. But right, hang on. But they're saying, "Oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't um Obviously, you shouldn't give them that extra four hundred dollars because they because then they're not going to work. That's the wrong, wrong, wrong take. Because the right take is that means they're getting starvation wages, and that's why you have to bring the minimum wage up. Because because aside from the fact that it's a fucking starvation wage that people are making, but the fact that the you're going to to not stimulate the economy when you're paying people to stay home because they're making more money on unemployment. It doesn't make sense. And then somebody that, responded the to issues me. Are, yeah. uh, the issues are so... I, I'm not denying that the issues are not interconnected. One mm-hmm. totally affects the other. I get what you're saying there. But mm-hmm. they're also 
independent enough and huge enough to where they shouldn't be part of a single package that you give an up-down vote to. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this is just one example. When we look at the history of U.S. politics, and it's not, pork barreling is not unique to the United States. I think States. pork barreling... I don't think it's a pork I think it's, barrel, I think it's. I think it's appropriate, because really, mm-hmm. we've got to the point now where we... No pork, no pork. Everybody says it, whether they agree with it or not. But that's one of the reasons why a lot of things in the past could get passed. The reason you could get the ADA yeah. um, stuff passed but is I, there was pork right, barrel. You've got to throw things in I, for the other people to get their votes. I'm not disagreeing with your right. argument, but I don't think this is a pork barrel They're issue, bribes. because this, it's this is a stimulus bill. It's about oh, no, a stimulus I don't think this is pork related to at COVID. All. But the stimulus will not work without the minimum wage. It just won't. You're just going to throw away a lot. I mean, it'll work a lot less, let's say, because you're throwing away a ton of productivity. You're just throwing money away because well, those people aren't going to work. Even but though you're they not gonna, we're not going to get a $15 minimum wage out of this anyways. So y- your point is kind of moot. What I'm saying is that when well, it comes could. to these, when these big issues, well, it's we're not going to get the $15 minimum wage. Like no legitimate person in Washington believes that we're going to get the $15 minimum wage through this route. Mm-hmm. Not that, not this one. Yeah. It, 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 I just think because it they does won't. Us, I mean, they could. It, it does us. Well, they were dis- going to do it through reconciliation, but the reason they couldn't is because it went to the committee when he have to, the he would have to, yeah, the parliamentary or whatever it is, that board has those Republicans on it. From my understanding, so the well, no, there are also Democrats. No, 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 but there were, but but the votes were not there to add it that way. And there's, I mean, no, that's the Chris and Cinema Joe Manchin. That's the two remaining votes thing. That's the yeah. two leftover vote. It goes back to that. But you can whip the votes. See, they're yeah, not trying. You, they're not trying. Exact, they can whip the votes. Exactly. That's the job. Well, what no, they ma- did. Yeah. With Harris, though, that's what that's what's so that's confusing. That's not whipping the votes. Whipping the votes is saying you don't get your. You are not going to pay for your campaign, Joe Manchin and Chris and Cinema, if you don't approve this fucking bill. That's what Mitch McConnell does. That's how they whip their. Oh side. yeah, totally. And you say parliamentarian. Guess what? We're changing the fucking rules, or we're going to break the filibuster because that's what Mitch McConnell fucking does when we have a Supreme exactly. Court. Justice that dies 10 months and then he's a fucking hypocrite. We don't play by their We're afraid to break the rules and they break the well, rules. No, 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 so no, no. I don't think that I, I agree with the what Greenwald guy that you're mm-hmm. talking about. They use the rules. It, it, it's, it's not the misconception is that, oh, Democrats we're not playing by the rules. No, that they are playing by I mean, the yeah, rules yeah, yeah. and that things are just, you know, it's just so unfortunate that we always have the majority, but we're so disempowered in this country as Democrats. Right. But that's not really what Democrats are still a corporate class. They're beholden to corporate interests because right. that's where they get their money. You well, want the NRA out of politics? Well, you want right. you want the big corporations out of politics, special interest, yeah. which is what all America. If we got their voices out of politics, and it's not getting their voices out of politics, it's getting their dollars out of our politicians' pockets. Well, so they politicians stop being beholden to those. So special interests. Adam Curtis made a really powerful point in his interview too today uh, on Chapo, which was that. Part so we have an ineffective man- managerial government system. the 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 neoliberal system is a managerial system. There, there's no change. Progress is a you know hope and change. Those are those are advertising slogans. It's bullshit. Yeah. You know, basically, it's status quo. Why does fascism stick? Because fascism gives you a way to change sh- shit really quickly. 
Fascism means change. Boom. Change. Take over the country. Stick your military in. Boom. You're done. F- Hitler did a fucking shitload of change because he was a fucking fascist. And that's what attracts people like Trump, people to Trump. You have to fucking do shit or you're going to end up with another fucking fascist. Who is that yeah, guy? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, who wants to Adam Curtis? So oh. I, oh, I just want to mention one more thing, which is that one of the comments... <laughs> Marble steak. In the, ex- in the exchange that I had with, with a cousin of mine, not my whore cousin, another one. About Do you want this, me to show it? She was, no. She was arguing with me about um, this. Basically, she said, because I had posted the Kamala Harris thing where she said maybe a year ago that she's in favor of the minimum wage. And then Lady Bunny had posted, so I reposted what Bunny said with some comments. My cousin went on to a whole bunch of reasons with me while she didn't agree with me which is fine um which i wouldn't go into but at the end she said you shouldn't post stuff like this madge because we need to win in 2022 and by posting stuff like this you're going against the democrats and we're not going to win and we're going to lose that drives me crazy and my i didn't respond because it's a cousin and i was so angry but i posted on twitter passive aggressively basically like wait a second because i was thinking about wait a second you're the person that told me i can't complain about medicare for all before the election because it'll make biden lose we have to stick together now he fucking won and you're telling me i can't criticize him because we need to win in 22 are you kidding so the only point of winning is an election is to win another election now you're inviting fascism that's how trump comes i mean it's fucking insane and i think winning is is what you're able to look at a bullet point like Trump's wins, whatever, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. They had their bullet points that he did this and he did this. He did the, the goddamn wall. Whether you agree with it or not, he didn't really do it, but he started it. And that's a <laughs> win. Sorted, yeah. And that's all that matters. And I think we were told $15 an hour. We were told extended yeah. unemployment uh, benefits. We were mm-hmm. told this and this and this. Healthcare. And, um, and, and well, I don't, Biden really didn't say Medicare, but no, he said some type public of option. Public, public option. option. Yeah, okay. Where is it? And, uh, and exactly. And it's like, get it done. Now, I will say when he first got in, I was shocked. He was signing some EOs that I was like, whoa, he's, he's doing it. Okay, I and think. let's give him some credit. Okay. He's done a lot yeah. of good things, too, with he the has, vaccines. And he, oh, and he has. And he has on his side. So in yeah. presidential area, he's done as much as he can do. But I think he needs to whip up fucking... Um, the Senate and Congress, because use your power. And see, Threaten my them. paranoid conspiracy is that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do yeah, those things, that's right. Debbie. He, that's right. He's not, he's not then invested in Then send Harris to be the boogeyman. That's you my point. No, no, you're not listening, same, Deborah. She's the yeah. same way. They're all... They're all beholden to the people who line their pockets. Oh, I agree. And, and as long yeah. as that's the case, because if they were, there the would be direct tra- payments. They'll, they'll the, go on yeah. the campaign trail and they'll say, yeah. "Oh, we need a public option. We need this. We need that." But when push comes to shove, they don't want to do it. They, they really don't right, want to do want it. it. It's an empty. It's we're being tricked it's, it's just like with the, it's uh, the, the same thing is mm-hmm. trump not the same but similar to trump going on the campaign trail and saying what do we want a wall who's going to pay for it mexico or or and when they talk going, about or the right the right wings dangle right wingers dangle the abortion thing oh we're going to make abortion they love that they eat it up they're not going to make abortion illegal you think and trump cares about bullshit. abortion or religion they just dangle he it to get it. us to vote for them because all they fucking well, care about is corporate fucking power and they're a minority in this country so they have but to if, fake us into voting for the power that's going to protect these goddamn corporations and it's fucking yeah. bullshit 
Well, if they, but that's the thing is they claim they hate Nancy Pelosi. They want Nancy Pelosi gone. If she's oh, gone, whatever. your boogie woman's whatever. gone. Same thing with abortion. Well, there'll always be an abortion. Hold on. Abortion There's was always going to be a new boogie person. You no. look at um, <laughs> who, was the, who was the yeah. guy? Well, no, not just AOC, but like on the right, um, the the guy who worked at Fox News, um, who Bannon? was the, no the anchor. Lou who, Dobbs. You know. No, not Lou Dobbs. Chris like, Wallace. No, older. <laughs> so many like, horrible. Older. Yeah. Oh, oh, Roger Ailes. Older Ailes. and fatter. Older and fatter. No, not Roger Ailes. He had a show. Bigger than a bread Lou box. Dom. Oh, I know you're talking about Bill O'Reilly. There you go. Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Deborah saved the day. Yay, Deborah. Hold on. Hold on. Bill O'Reilly. Well, she used to work well, with him. I'm with him. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Mrs. Iglesias. Iglesias. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so... You cut off his head and Tucker Carlson's head grows in its place, which speaking of Tucker Carlson, because, you know, one of the ways that we see this, it hasn't just infiltrated politics, but you look at how the major media is owned by basically, I think, five or six corporations. It's ridiculous now. But I watched this really fascinating documentary on HBO called The Lady and the Dale about the development of uh, the first three wheeled car in the 1970s by a trans woman named Liz Carmichael. And Liz is a great name. She really does Christmas. Not as good as Trish, but she's good. <laughs> Trish. Oh, Liz at yeah. Christmas. Forget, Forget it. it. And uh, so Liz Carmichael, when she was presenting as a male in her earlier life, ha- just led a very debaucherous life, a very criminal life, uh, was manufacturing fake money, you know, did just a lot of stuff. She got married, had a bunch of kids. Long story short, when um, she was in San Diego or somewhere in Southern California making this three-wheel car, the San Diego news anchor came to do an expose on her and something didn't sit right. Basically, the guy was like, that's a man. That's a man. And it... The connection between this car is not real. Mm -hmm. This car really can't function. And this is not a real woman. Those stories became intertwined, which I think was really fascinating. But it turns out that this anchor who did the hit job on Liz Carmichael is Tucker Carlson's father. What? And so at the oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. at the end, the very it's only four episodes long. At the end, you have Tucker Carlson's father in the 1970s doing all of this anti-trans stuff, purposely misgendering Liz over and over and over, and then cut to, it's like interspliced with Tucker Carlson saying all this anti-trans stuff. It's really, really fascinating. So what was his father's, Tucker's father's position exactly? Um, That basically- No, I mean position like- Politi- like career-wise. What what was his oh, job? Oh, he, he's a conservative. The father. Yeah, Dick Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what was uh, his who occupation? He was I, a I bottom. He, he was a news anchor for a local. Southern so he was a news anchor station. too. Okay, that's that's what yeah. I didn't. He, that's the, well, that's Tucker Carlson, but that's not his father. In the middle, and he's his father. No, that's not. Who's Tucker the one Carlson's on the right? Father. Oh, it says Dick Clark Carlson. No, that, penis, that's not the father. Penis Carlson. Well, because he's in the documentary. Anyway, I mm. highly recommend it. And uh, Susan Stryker, who's this amazing trans academic who, when I taught queer theory, we read one of her books about trans history and the class um, plays a large part in it, developing commentary, because one of the things that was um, l- landmark for Liz Carmichael is that she got the uh, courts to acknowledge her as a woman 
And I think that was one of the first times in U.S. criminal justice history that that had happened with a trans person. But, you know, then Susan Stryker had to say, look, this person has to really check her. Pro- yeah, look, I mean, they look go. very similar to one another. Really? Yeah, no bow tie. All right, we we should wrap up. Is that what you're okay. going to do, Deborah? Are you going to wrap up? Hold on. Up? Okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Did you say wrap up? P.S. No condoms. Cowboys love riding bareback. <laughs> yes, I did. Should I play the uh, I'm going to play the outro unless uh, we have something. Any well, I guess closing thoughts. Everybody, how does it feel to be back with Eat This Hot Show? I'm so excited. It's, you know, I think we had some really good discussions. Um, I mean, I think everything went pretty well, considering this is the first stream. Um, be sure to sub this channel, Insane Films, but there will be their, its own YouTube channel, which it's already out there. It's Eat show. This Hot Show. We just weren't but, uh, validated in time or something. Right? Yeah, it, it, it had a countdown. Apparently, it hasn't been enough 24 but hours before the, valid. But follow the Twitter account for any updates. That's the best thing to do. Twitter slash Eat This Hot Show. I don't think we have uh, Let Instagram us know yet. your opinion. We talk a lot of, about a mm. lot of different issues, and we're we're interested. We may read your comment on the air and debate about it. Yeah, and also since this is live, you know, we're we've got talking points because you know corporate media has paid us to only do these certain episodes of uh, talking points. But I do think in the future we probably will be getting more involved, maybe towards the end of the show with comments. If there's something you really wanted to say in chat, sure. you know, and you wanted us to react to or something. Apparently, sure. uh, JFK was just assassinated. Oh, and we have an email: eatthishotshow <laughs> at gmail dot com. Now, Debbie, you said something about a stream. So we stream, if you're listening to this in the podcast, we live stream our show Thursdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. And speaking of stream. I think I'll uh, take a rain check. A golden rain check. Can I make a comment on your Greenwald audio for a second i thought you had a recording of me talking playing in the background whoever was interviewing greenwald on there with the crazy bird i thought that was me for a second that was katie halper she kind of sounds like me but can we shoot the goddamn bird i'm sorry put the bird in a pot or something yeah okay i'm gonna play the outro so we're done okay bye everybody everybody like 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 the algorithm likes likes Abortion. Oh my god. Um, Remember, abortion is not a sport. That's true. Make sure you hit the end on the YouTube side first. Yes, always end in YouTube on that side. Yeah. Uh-huh.